Well, I'm sure everybody knows by now that uh, this is a week of Thanksgiving, and one of the ways you can know that is all the stores are decorated for Christmas already, right? Well, um, I hope that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and maybe somewhere you might find an experience like this might take place. Uh, in a household last year, uh, though David, though David was only four years old, he often asked if he could say the blessing before the family meals. And for that big Thanksgiving gathering with all the family there, he asked if he could say the blessing and they allowed him. And so he began. And he thanked God for everything. Uh, he, he thanked God for all of his friends. He named them one by one. Then he thanked them for God, for mommy and daddy, for his brother and sister, for grandma, for grandpa, for all of his aunts and uncles. And then he began to thank God for the food. He gave thanks for the turkey for the dressing, for the fruit salad, for the cranberry sauce, the pies, the cakes, even the Cool Whip. Then he paused, and there was silence that reigned for a few moments. It stretched into a minute and then a couple of minutes. And his mama risked an eye and looked at him. And that's when little David asked her, if I thank God for the broccoli, won't he know I'm lying? <laughs> but I don't know if broccoli's gonna be on your menu for Thanksgiving. But I hope that sincere gratitude and thanks will be. Because that's something that's very important in our relationship with God. And this Thanksgiving celebration should be more than just a, a gathering of family or friends or whoever it might be. And more than just an elaborate meal if that's what you're having. But it should be a time of expressing sincere gratitude and thanks unto God. And that's what we do today is we're going to focus on a, a Thanksgiving celebration if we take partake of the Lord's Supper. And sometimes I think our, our level of thanksgiving and gratitude is dependent upon the circumstances of our life. I think for the last couple of years there's just been a, a struggle that's been going on in our country for many different reasons with the COVID and other unrest issues and all those kinds of things that are taking place. Many of you family members, uh, we have struggled through some dark moments over the last couple of years. And so sometimes when we come to think about Thanksgiving and gratitude in the midst of all those difficulties, we have a difficult time doing that. But thankfulness has a way, though, of helping us move through those circumstances. Gratitude is one of the greatest things that we can express because when we do so, when we have a spirit of gratitude, it raises us to a new level of consciousness, giving us the ability to see possibilities, discover what we truly want, receive ideas on what to do next, and even claim a vision of the future that God might have for our life. You might be familiar with the actor Denzel Washington for his roles in the, the Civil War movie Glory, uh, for The Preacher's Wife, and for Remember the Titans. He might even go way back. I think he was in the uh, show back, hospital show back in the, in the 80s called St. Elsewhere. Some of you might remember that. I think that's where he was and where I first heard of him. Uh, but Denzel Washington has publicly recently began to state his belief in God as a believer. And, and at one recent event where he spoke, he stated that he read his Bible every day and that he strives to consistently get up and speak of what God has done for him. At a recent gathering, he said, give thanks for blessings every day. Every day, embrace gratitude. Encourage others. It is impossible to be grateful and hateful at the same time. I pray that you put your slippers way under your bed at night so that when you wake in the morning you have to start 
on your knees to find them. And while you're down there, say thank you. A bad attitude is like a flat tire. Until you change it, you're not going anywhere. When we come to celebrate today the Lord's Supper with a spirit of gratitude and thankfulness and a Thanksgiving celebration around the table, we go to the words of the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 26, verses 26 through 29, where Jesus, with agony in his soul, knowing what's going to take place, that those who are the closest to him are going to desert him. One would betray him. And he knew all the agony that he would go through, through the mockery that he would experience, and through the terrible beating that he would endure, and then death on the cross. And this was a crucible moment that he has with his disciples that he wants to show them in a tangible way with, with simple symbols that were on the table that night that would remind them of this moment forever and that he would helpfully get through to them about what he was doing in the sacrifice, that it would be his body and his blood that would grant them the freedom that they were all seeking. And so we go to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, and we find that the word thanks is a very appropriate part of Jesus' breaking the bread and sharing the cup. Because the scripture says, Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Well, as we gather at the table today, we see the symbols of thanksgiving before us, and they're very simple. It's a bread and cup. But they remind us of what Jesus is teaching us in the passage of Scripture. Jesus understood the power of symbolism, and we see it here before us as we celebrate communion. So what do we do as we celebrate the Lord's Supper or communion, and we do so with a spirit of gratitude? Well, as we take communion, we do several things. We publicly identify our faith in Christ, and we reaffirm that. And it's only for believers today, anytime that the Lord's Supper is served. It's only for believers. We also publicly identify our love for Christ. There should be a deep love that resonates from our heart with a sense of gratitude for what Christ has done for us. And I think there's a certain sense of where we publicly state that we want to draw closer to Christ and to be more Christ-like in our life, in our actions, our thoughts, and all that we do. And certainly we're expressing gratitude for his selfless display of sacrificial love and all that he did in giving his life for us. So what did Jesus do when he died for us? Three things I want us to focus upon. First of all, he saved us from the penalty of sin. Everything that you have ever done wrong was paid for on the cross. And as you confess those sins and claim Christ as Savior, then you can be forgiven of all those sins. He saved you from the penalty of sin. Secondly, he saves you from the power of sin. Jesus Christ breaks the grip of sin on your life. And in doing so, he gives you a power to enable you to make changes in your life 
so that we're no longer the same. He can now do new things in our lives that we always wanted to take place, but never thought we could do on our own, and technically we couldn't do it on our own. But it's because of being saved from the power of sin. Christ can do some new things in our life. And eventually he will save us from the presence of sin in heaven, where there will be no sin, no sorrow, no suffering, no pain, no grief. And that's good news. We're reminded of that as Jesus took the, the, what was on the table and he said to them, this bread represents my body that's going to be broken in sacrifice for you. And then he took the cup and he said, this cup represents the blood that I will shed for you. And when you drink this, you're going to do it as a reminder that I spilled my blood for you. I gave it for you because that's how much I love you. So how do we approach the table today? How do we have an attitude that, that God is encouraged by as we come to the table, as we partake of the bread and the cup? Should I sit here and feel guilty remembering all the wrong things that I've done in my life, all the sinful things, all the sin that has darkened my soul? No, because they've already been paid for through the body of Christ that was crushed and through his blood that was shed. They've already been paid for. So when I take communion then, should I feel grief thinking about all the torture and suffering that Jesus went through for me? No, because Jesus did that willingly and gladly. And he's not dead any longer. He went to the grave to defeat death, sin, and the grave, and now he is alive forever through his resurrection. So what should our attitude be? Well, it should be one of gratefulness. Gratefulness for all that God has done. Grateful for the love of God that sent Jesus Christ into this sinful world to save us from our sins, to redeem us from our sins so that we would be set free from sin, the power of sin, the stain of sin, and anything that sin would do in our life. Gratitude is so important because psychologists tell us that sincere gratitude and thanksgiving is the healthiest of all human emotions. And gratitude produces more positive emotional energy than any other attitude in, my, in our lives. David Permutter is the author of a book entitled Brain Maker, and he makes the point that gratitude, mindful, Intentional gratitude has been shown in various studies to increase the function of the prefrontal cortex. That's some part of your brain up here. And these executive functions then that come from that include the ability to focus, to control one's impulses, to think in an organized manner, and to accurately anticipate certain outcomes. It's like if I do A and B, it will likely result in C. And in short, he says, gratitude tends to defog the mind, enabling one to think clearer, sharper, and better. In other words, gratitude increases your ability to see the events of your life from God's perspective. And so this should be a Thanksgiving celebration as we gather around the table today, because it should be a celebration of God's goodness and mercy and grace in our life and our response should be that of gratitude. 
The psalmist said, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His thankfulness continues to all generations, all generations. In Psalm 116, the psalmist said, how can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. You see, when we express genuine gratitude, then God is glorified because the gratitude comes from our heart for all that God has done for us and all that he is. So then we're reminded of what Jesus paid for on the cross. And I want you to think of these three things. First of all, he paid for your forgiveness. Don't just think about that as a, as a fact, but I want you to think about it as an experience for just a moment. Jesus paid for your forgiveness. Think about the thing, the sin from the past in your life that you feel the most guilty about. The thing that's caused you the most shame in your life. The thing in your life that you wish had never happened and you deeply regret it. You got your hands around that? Your heart around that? Your mind around that? Now thank God that because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, it's been paid for. It's been forgiven that's been wiped out of your life. And in God's mind, it's as if it never happened. Because he says it takes that sin and removes it as far as the east is from the west. He puts it behind his back. He takes it to the depth of the sea and he remembers it no more. He paid for your forgiveness. Secondly, he paid for your freedom. Think of the freedom that you now have because of Jesus Christ. And that's shown in the changes he's made in your life. Thank him for those changes he's made in your life. And the freedom, the freedom that comes from knowing Christ as Savior. That you no longer shackle to shame and guilt and remorse. But you're free from all of that sin. Because there's now no condemnation in any of us who are in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And then always remember that Jesus Christ paid for your future because of his sacrifice on the cross. We have a future with him in eternity in the glories of heaven. Where the Apostle Paul says, the eye has not seen nor the ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the wonderful thing that God has prepared for those who love him. Today, thank him for the promise and the future of heaven where we will sit down at the table with him as Jesus has promised. I read this week that we take about 23,000 breaths every day. When I got to thinking about that, I didn't calculate all that, but I kind of thought that, that might be even uh, understated, but 
At least 23,000 breaths a day we take. And most of that we take for granted, don't we? We just figure that our body's going to work correctly and we're going to breathe correctly. Let me give you an analogy to make with that. We usually give thanks to God for the things in life that take our breath away. But maybe in those 23,000 breaths that we take every day, you have a moment to give praise and thanks to God through Christ for all that he has done for you. So we come today to celebrate. We celebrate a Thanksgiving meal, really. But if you look at the elements on the table, or even in the prepackaged that you hold, you see that it's not going to be in any way, shape, or form near what you're going to experience more than likely at the Thanksgiving table when you gather with family or friends on Thursday. The fare that we have today is very, very, very simple. It's just a piece of bread and a cup of juice. But they're so powerful in their symbols. And they're also so meaningful because they are simple because they're to, they're to stop the craving of a spiritual hunger and not a physical hunger in our life. They're not for the stomach, they're for the soul. And it's reminded to us that Jesus said, I am the bread of life and he who comes to me will never grow hungry and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. You see, for all that this table represents, we need to give thanks. So with hearts filled with gratitude for salvation that is ours in faith in Jesus Christ, we have a Thanksgiving celebration through the bread and the cup. If you have confessed and acknowledged your sins and accepted Christ as your Savior, and you seek day by day to follow Him, then you're encouraged to partake of the Lord's Supper with us today as we celebrate what God and Christ has done for us.